We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What is up, Thunder fans? It is your boy, Taylor Peterson. You probably know me on Twitter as at Taylor underscore P15. And I am coming to you with a uh, very late post-game podcast for the Thunder vs. Mavericks game. I apologize it's so late. Um, I had a pretty busy, busy afternoon. You know, I went down to OKC this weekend for the awesome Perry Jones podcast. I'll be plugging that here quite a bit during this this current podcast. If you guys haven't heard it yet, you definitely need to. Perry was awesome. Gave us some great insight. Um, and I'll get into that a little more later at the very end of the podcast. But anyways, um, I was driving back. Me and, me and the wife ended up staying down there that night. Um, we headed back from OKC. We had to go pick up her little sister and babysit her, as well as uh, go get the doggies, <laughs> go get the pups from my parents' house, and a whole bunch of other things. Anyways, I'm just now getting to this podcast. Um, I've kind of been putting it off, to be completely honest with you, because as you guys are very well aware, it was a very tough game. Very tough game. It, um, the Thunder did not look much better, and it's super frustrating. So let's... <laughs> I'm already starting with negatives in this podcast. It's awful. I was going to try and start with a, with a positive and I failed, <laughs> but I have a positive here. So let's let's go ahead and start with a positive here in my notes, at least. The Thunder officially clinched a playoff spot, and that is their that or this will be their ninth playoff appearance in ten seasons, which is second most during that that period behind the Spurs per the Thunder. I'm just going to take some time to reflect on that a little bit. I mean, that's absolutely incredible, particularly when you consider. Uh, the whole situation that Sam Presti had bringing that Seattle team over here to OKC, what he was working with. 
So he has Kevin Durant. He drafts Russell Westbrook the summer that OKC moves here. Um, then he drafts James Harden. And uh, he's relying on all these young pieces, you know, Serge Ibaka. Uh, we know the story, right? And the fact that he was able to do that and build this team, this dynasty, essentially, that has made the playoffs nine of the last ten years, that the Thunder have been here in Oklahoma City, is just absolutely phenomenal. And then, obviously, you take into consideration Kevin Durant leaving. Not leaving as in a trade, not like the James Harden trade. Um, he left for nothing, and we're still able to make the playoffs next season. Um, you have the James Harden trade, like I mentioned. <laughs> that wasn't a great trade, and yet that next season arguably was our or th- that was our best regular season, um, and potentially could have been our best postseason. Yet we won't know that because of the, the obviously Patrick Beverly hurting Russell West, Westbrook's knee. We know that whole story, and then um, you know Kevin Durant leaves, Russell Westbrook gets his MVP, and then the next season we get Paul George, and we get. Uh, Carmelo Anthony, and the fact that Sam has been able to keep this franchise afloat through all that, and that we've he's put us in a position to make the playoffs nine of the last ten times since this uh, this organization has been in Oklahoma City is absolutely phenomenal, and Sam should be applauded for that. And I say all this and have that big that big uh, intro almost as like <laughs> a disclaimer because of how ugly this last stretch has been and this game, I'm going to have to dive into that. So um, absolutely that should be celebrated and that shouldn't be lost by any means um, by this this recent stretch of Thunder basketball or even these last two seasons <laughs> or three seasons for that matter. But right now, Thunder in a very dark place. It's bad. They're in a very bad place. The Thunder lose to the Doncic-less due to an ankle injury that he's quote-unquote recovering from. But it, honestly, it's more of uh, the Mavericks aren't going to make the playoffs, so they want to make sure that Doncic is going to be okay, which they absolutely should, and they're just being conservative with him. Um, the doncic the Hardaway junior list, and the J.J. Borea-less Mavericks, they lose to them at home, 106-103. They currently sit at 8th in the West, tied with the Spurs in the standings, However, the Spurs have the tiebreaker, so the Thunder, therefore, remain in 8th place, which is the last playoff spot in the Western Conference after being, you know, third here, what, a month and a half ago, two months ago? Anyways, Dallas entered this game 3-15 and since All-Star break and losing 17 of their last 20 games. So, lots of the same themes that you guys have heard us talk about recently occurred today as well. Um, it's ridiculously frustrating the thunder got off to a really cold start and they dug themselves up a really big hole early as well and stop me if you've heard that before but the thunder went 0-7 before finally scoring and they trailed after the first quarter 31 to 24 dallas was 5-11 from three in the first quarter and russ said this in his post-game interview and i thought it was kind of interesting because i i actually really agreed with it the one thing that he actually said other than next question was um, they let the Thunder let the Mavericks get confidence early and translated late in the game when the Mavericks hit some really big shots. That's absolutely correct. And that's a theme that we've seen post-All-Star break during this losing streak of the Thunders. The Thunder went on a bunch of runs again in this game as well. 
I think that's something else that we've seen a lot of. Um, the Thunder go on these spurts, but they cannot put together a cons- uh, a consistent game, almost a consecutive. I wish they could put together consecutive wins, but uh, we haven't seen that in a very long time. So they go on a 13-2 run to finish the first half. That puts them within two. Um, that was their, probably their biggest in the first half. Then the third quarter happens, and I tweet out that this team looks completely checked out, done with the regular season, like they're just looking ahead to a Warriors matchup in the first round, and they just aren't going to try until then. Then, of course, in typical Thunder fashion, they go on another run. They keep it close all the way through the fourth. They're actually up one with 32.8 seconds left to play. They give up more points on the other other end, and that is due to Paul George, who we were hoping and honestly assuming where it was going to be defensive player of the year up until this last stretch of games. Um, he lets Brunson just absolutely blow by him, and then Steven has to leave his man to help the to help uh, guard the drive, protect the protect the rim, and Schroeder tries to cover the cutter, which is Powell. That was Steven's man, but Powell gets an easy dunk. Obviously, he has already beat um, Schroeder, who tries to recover. He's unable to recover, obviously, and Powell's way bigger. Leads to a wide open, super easy dunk. Mavs are up one. So the Thunder are down, heading into their final possession, their final offensive possession, and it's just an absolute you-know-what show. It's very symbolic of their post-All-Star break, honestly. If we want to be completely, post-All-Star break stretch, excuse me, if we want to be completely honest. Russ drives, he tries to dish to Steven, and he um, he he did have some good drives where he dished to um, open players. He looked to pass the ball um, and and distribute to to players, particularly down that that the kind of that run they had in the second half, um, and that was huge. So he tries to do that again, but he forces it because if we're being completely honest, he has no confidence. He has no confidence at the rim. He has no confidence in his shot right now, and. Um, even if he tries to. <laughs> and so he tries to make the quote-unquote right decision and dish to Steven, who's very heavily guarded. But even then, it wasn't really wasn't even a very accurate pass. He essentially throws it out of bounds. But Steven, who had a great game, I will say, Steven had a phenomenal game, he saves it, saves it from going out of bounds, gets to Schroeder, who has a, I, I called it a lightly contested three because he did have a, a uh, defender coming out on him. But it wasn't super contested. And obviously, guess what? Uh, you guys probably know this, but Shooter missed the three-point shot, as expected. But guess who? Steven. Steven Adams. He comes in. He taps the rebound to a fairly open Paul George from three, who also has a little confidence at this point, and decides instead of, uh, I'm not MVPG right now, I'm in a cold streak, so I'm going to go ahead and dish over to my buddy Shooter, who also is cold. <laughs> and uh, Schroeder doesn't have any confidence either. So guess what? He passes it back to Paul George. So at this point, Paul George has to throw up a three-point shot, and it was much more contested than the past couple shots were. Um, it wasn't super contested, but it, it was definitely contested. And honestly, I'm not even, I don't even know who it was. I went back and watched it before I started recording this podcast. Um, but, I mean, it, Paul George has made some, I'll put it this way, Paul George has made some tougher shots. We've seen him make some tougher shots. And so P misses, Mavs get the ball, ball game. So there's a few themes I have here before I just completely go off script and just kind of go on a little rant. Um, Hurt Paul George. He's scoring. He's doing what he can. But he is just, I am not convinced that he's healthy. 
And I think if you listen to a lot of their podcasts, Thunder Podcasts, you um, follow a lot of those guys on Twitter, a lot of the beat writers, um, a lot of the Thunder reporters, it does not seem like Paul George is healthy. And I think a prime example of this, um, that at least I'm going to give and use for this, was that play that I mentioned earlier. And I, I'm, not, I, I'm trying to think like off the top of my head. I don't, it's probably like the second to last offensive possession for the Mavericks. Um, but it was that play that I mentioned where he just absolutely let Brunson, who I think, see, he might even be a rookie <laughs> for the Mavericks. And he's been playing great. Like, I actually have him on my fantasy team uh, over, like, these past three weeks. He's really helped me on my fantasy basketball team. Um, he's going to help me get third place this week. But with all that being said, Paul George lets him just absolutely torch him. He just drives right by right by Paul George, and that leads, like I said, to Stephen having to leave his man to help on the drive, which leads to a wide-open dunk. And Paul just does not seem healthy. You know, I... I, I trying to remember who it was and I, I would give them credit if I could remember but somebody said that they saw Paul George in the locker room here a couple games ago back at home and he was just sitting there for about an hour icing his left shoulder before he went and talked to reporters and then when he did talk to reporters he had some more KT tape on his ankle you know so it's not like he has like this critical injury this big time injury that's keeping that he shouldn't be playing on right now but he's very banged up all around and when you have a player that's as streaky as Paul George, and if you go back and listen to our podcast from earlier this season, I encourage you guys to do so. I think it was me and Justin, really, who were really kind of harping on this, and that Paul George is such a streaky player. He goes through these streaks, and he has his entire career where he has these ridiculous stretches where he just goes off, and it seems like he can't miss a shot, and he's one of the best scorers in the league. He looks like Kevin Durant or LeBron James, and then... He has these other stretches like he did last season. I think it was like during the uh, January, February, February stretch stretches of last season where um, he kind of joked around and blamed it on the cold weather. Obviously, he wasn't actually blaming it on the cold weather, but he joked around about it. Um, and then this season, January happens, and we literally had a hashtag MVPG campaign going on, right? But you have the post-All-Star break, or you have the All-Star break. Um, he comes out of the All-Star break. And he, he loses consistency. Then, you know, he's, he gets banged up. And a player like Paul George, he needs that consistency. I, I keep saying that word, but it's true. And that's really hurt this Thunder team. And they were running a lot of offense for him. I think a lot of that, um, a lot of the issues that the Thunder have been struggling with post-All-Star break have kind of been cut, co- were covered up earlier on by Paul George just being absolute supernova, um, super saiyan, MVPG, whatever you want to call it. And so him kind of going through another cold streak, and then I know I know he's kind of coming out of it. I mean he has he's had some solid solid stat lines since then, but he just he does not seem himself, and he definitely seems banked up. So that's something I wanted to mention here. Um, but not just it's not just Paul. I mean that's just one thing that I have here. I want to make that clear. I'm not blaming anything on Paul. You know Paul has still been playing well overall, but poor shooting all around. Post-All-Star break, it just continued to absolutely kill us. Tonight, turns out that the hot stretch in January was uh, was an outlier. I have that, that written here. But tonight, the Thunder shot 11 of 43 from three, uh, 25.6%. It was so bad that Ferg not only didn't close, but only played 19 minutes and wasn't even in foul trouble. You know, we've seen Ferg in foul trouble here since the All-Star break, and that's why he's gotten lower minutes. That wasn't the case. 
I think Shooter had like 32, 33 minutes, and Billy just went with him. Um, there was a time he even went with Felton because he went with Felton and with uh, Westbrook and Schroeder and PG at the same time because he was so desperate for offense. So he has little to no confidence in Ferguson right now. And um, it, it, it's very worrisome, which, you know, honestly, I feel like Ferguson probably should have been out there more tonight, even if he is struggling with his offensive game and his, his shot, his outside shot, because we could have used some of that defense. However, Billy does not have very much confidence in Ferguson right now. And it's not just Ferguson. You know, the entire team only shooting 25.6% tonight. I'm not even going to go back because you guys can go back and listen to our previous podcasts, listen to the percentages, or you guys can go on NBA.com slash stats and look up the shooting percentages since All-Star break. It's not good. This team is not shooting well at all. And unfortunately, (laughs) it kind of feels like that Billy and the rest of this team thinks that they are a three-point shooting team or that the shots will eventually fall and that obviously is not the case january was an outlier so the next thing i have here is clutch time clutch time performances excuse me um and the wise word words of the action networks matt moore you can find him as at hp basketball i believe on twitter i'm sure you guys are very familiar with matt moore if you listen to this podcast he he really does provide some great insight great articles he's very intelligent has built up a very big following and he said this for a very long time now but he always says that the thunder can never be blown out but they can never blow blow out any teams either and that's obviously a very big issue so al baby cakes of down to dunk you guys probably know him as alex spears um, on the wednesday pod of down to dunk he tweeted this out that kind of validates what matt moore uh constantly likes to say and so you take OKC's win-loss record in the clutch the past three seasons, 2016-2017. They're 26-16. and 16. That's 61.9%. Last season, 17-18. They were 24-22, and 22, which is 51.2%. So pretty solid. Then you take this season, the 2018-2019 season. They are 20-24. and 24, 20 of 24 uh, for 45.5%, which is just... Obviously, that's much worse. They are not nearly as good as in the clutch, and they are struggling in close games. As Matt Moore says, they've been in quite a few close games this season. So when you're only 20 and 24, that's obviously not great. So also one more stat I want to mention here, and I probably should have mentioned this earlier when I was talking about Paul George, kind of his recent struggles, um, potentially, potentially being banged up. But Nick Crane in our Slack Share this with us. Uh, it was a tweet from Dean Oliver. You guys can find him at, at Dean O underscore Litics, L-Y-T-I-C-S. He tweeted out a stat called thresh, Threshold Wins. And he describes it as when a player has more positive net points than team won by. And basically, the team wouldn't have won without this player. And then he also has a column for Threshold Losses, which is when a player has more negative net points than the team lost by or the team would have won without him. So he filtered it, by obviously, by the team wouldn't have won without him. Um, the leader in that category is obviously James Harden. Um, he has a, let's see, a team uh, threshold win rating category of 15. And then right behind him is Paul George. So I think what that tells us is that Paul George absolutely is, or 
was masking a lot of these issues earlier on with the, with the uh, during the Thunder season, during that January stretch, um, that hot stretch where the Thunder went off and won a bunch of games and Paul George seemed like the MVP candidate. Um, I think that's, that's obviously concerning. And again, I'm not trying to blame any of this on Paul George. I'm just saying that I think there's a lot of underlying issues that went kind of masked during that time, during that hot streak. And we're seeing a lot of these and they're kind of coming to light and it's very concerning. So I can go into more stats. You know, I could go through um, the rebounds, the fouls. You know, I think Dirk had a a season high rebounds uh, this game against the Thunder, which is just absolutely unacceptable, particularly when you have guys like Steven Adams Jeremy Grant, Nerlens Noel, who didn't get a lot of burn tonight. That's something else I could get into, but I'm not going to because the Thunder are obviously in a very dark place. And I think it's time where I just vent, even though I pretty much have in this entire podcast. I've got a couple different things here. And the first of these things that I have is, is Billy Donovan. And look, we don't want to be the podcast. I don't want to be the guy who seems like that immature fan who is screaming, fire Billy Donovan after every bad loss or every single loss. Uh, blames every loss on him, and then never gives him any credit when the team is playing well. I think overall, Billy has done a pretty decent decent job this season, and I think his player development stands out above, honestly, almost anything else that he's done during his tenure with the Oklahoma City Thunder. However, <laughs> I think, obviously, this post-All-Star break stretch, you have to look at him and his coaching staff as well. I think they obviously need to be held accountable. And speaking of being held accountable... I think one of the biggest things that stands out to me is there seems to be a lack of accountability right now. And obviously that is so easy for me, somebody who is watching games on TV. And I've been to, uh, you know, I think three or four games where I've actually been in the arena this season. But even then, I'm out there on the bench. I'm out there in the locker room. And so maybe I shouldn't be harping on Billy. But I saw a lot of different tweets tonight from a lot of people that I respect. Um, Andrew Schlecht is one of those people. Mikey Barra is one of those people. And the Mikey tweet is actually one that I wanted to share with you guys. And something that he said is, um, you know, don't just watch the players. Take a deep look at Billy to the staff, the entire structure, see if they are, if they fit. You know, Billy has done a great job in the development of new assets, like I said, but the rest has not been great. You can't really say the results are good. They are not. So I think a lot of what Mikey was saying there um, kind of falls in line with how a lot of us as Thunder fans are feeling right now. And... I think tonight, you know, there was really a good example of that because I think what we've seen recently is a lack of offensive schemes. You know, he it's just a bunch of driving, passing, looking for the open open player. Um, and even then, that's probably the best offense that we have. Um, there's some pick and roll here and there, but there's really no offensive scheme overall. And then throughout the season we've seen Billy and the rest of the guys talk about oh man these shots are going to fall they're going to fall we're generating great looks they're going to fall this team's not a three-point shooting team and uh, I I think that maybe Billy maybe the rest of the team kind of have this this vision like oh man we are a good three-point shooting team but when these shots these shots just aren't falling right now and I really don't think that's the case, obviously. I think a lot of us know that it is not the case and that January was the was the outlier there. And that's really unfortunate. Um, that's something else I kind of hold with Billy, hold against Billy and the coaching staff. And then obviously someone else that I want to point out here. And first and foremost, I am one of the biggest Russell Westbrook fans you'll ever meet. 
Russell Westbrook was my favorite player on the team. I admitted it straight up back when Kevin Durant was still here. Um, through many of the, the, the years that Kevin Durant was here, Russell Westbrook was one of my favorite players. I had his jersey before any other Thunder player uh, back in college, back at the University of Tulsa. All my friends called me Brody because of my extreme fandom of Russell Westbrook. But I use that all here as a disclaimer to say that I think Russell Westbrook deserves a lot of the blame here as well. Um, he sets the tone for this team, particularly defensively. Um, as you guys know, he's he's a very big leader, whether he gets credit for it nationally or not. A lot of these players look up to him. I would even say Paul George included. And so when Russ comes out and he's sagging off his man and isn't recovering on defense and is leaving players open, the rest of the team kind of follows suit. And I, we've seen that a lot this season. We've talked a lot about this here on this podcast. But Russ doesn't seem to <laughs> to respect teams lesser of him. You know, like the Memphis game, for example, where Mike Conley's out. Um, a lot of their star players are out. Russ just doesn't seem engaged. Doesn't seem like he really cares. You know, there was that post-game podcast after the Friday game against Denver where he basically was asked, you know, do these regular season losses matter? He's like, nah. Yeah, I, I, you guys can look that up and see his his response to, uh, exactly. But I think Russ needs to be held accountable. I'm not sure he has anybody that does hold him accountable because he did, quote-unquote, save this franchise. And, you know, Sam's scared to death to upset Russ, possibly. Um, you know, Billy's potentially doesn't feel like he can maybe hold Russ accountable. Um, and, again, this is all my speculation, which probably – means nothing probably isn't correct that's just how it feels on the outside looking in um again this is much more of a rant than it is anything else much more of me venting but i think russ needs to be held accountable he needs to be held more accountable i don't think he has been recently and i think russ does deserve some criticism for how this team has played post ultra break um even if russ has been shooting better again i think he's got to try and get his team um team ready to play you know, it's not just on Billy. A lot of this is on Russ as well on getting the team ready to play. And um, I think Russ deserves some of that as well. And then I think you have to move on to Sam Presti, who I've talked a lot about, always have been super high on, and I still am. I'm not saying fire Sam Presti, get rid of, you know, trade Russell Westbrook, fire Billy Donovan. I'm not saying any of that with any of these guys. But this whole Sam Presti mold of quote-unquote length, versatility, athleticism, you know, that's great. Sam's trying to do something different because everybody – uh, you know, everybody and their dog from uh, the Warriors, the, the um, Kings, I'm trying to think, you know, uh, of some of these other teams that trying to do like the whole Warriors mold where it's all about three-point shooting. And um, Presley has tried to do kind of the opposite to kind of contradict that. And he's seen the results against the Warriors, and he thinks that it's going to work. But then now this team has zero outside shooting and it's absolutely killed us post-All-Star break. Actually, since the All-Star break, the Thunder are dead last in field goal percentage, and they're second to last in offensive rating. And obviously with their 38.8% field goal percentage today, that doesn't help matters at all. Now I know that Presley was obviously hoping that he's going to have a uh, Andre Robertson coming back this season, and that was going to increase depth. And he was banking on an Alex Sabrinas, who was his sharp shooter, you know, obviously being around all season. And I understand that. You know, that obviously is a big aspect of all of this. However, at a certain point, um, you kind of have to blame Presti a little bit. 
And I think he obviously is going to have to be doing some restructuring this offseason, particularly if the Thunder are on their way to another first-round early exit, uh, first-round playoff early exit, because um, <laughs> this Thunder team needs some outside shooting. And I think that a lot of that kind of falls on Sam and the way he structured this team. So what now? You guys have obviously heard me vent and kind of rant here for a while now. So what now moving forward? I, you know, Obviously this team has a very high ceiling when healthy, but a ridiculously low floor when they are engaged. And we've talked about that a lot on this very here podcast, The Uncontested, and you guys have seen that elsewhere as well. So seriously, this is something I, I generally have been thinking about and I've almost been scared to mention on any of our podcasts up until now, up until this last game. Um, but with the playoff spot locked and the Thunder still unable to win games, PG seems banged up, like I talked about, and he's cold again, going through this weird uh, streak of his where you know he's he's a streaky player. He's going through a cold stretch. Also, Steven, he's been so much better. And that's something else that I could have talked on this podcast if I didn't want to just absolutely rant. You know, Steven has been playing really well for these past couple games. Um, but still, there was a period, or the majority of post-ultra break, he has looked banged up as well. So do you just go ahead and rest Paul George, Steven, and you know whoever else and coast into the playoffs? Like, seriously, think about it. If this team isn't going to show up engaged, and they're essentially only, only going to win another two or three games, which may not happen. They could flip the switch. You know, you've heard that a lot as well. Um, this next game and, and go off and essentially win out from here. You never know with this team. But if they, they continue to play the way they, they do, do you just sit those guys and put them in a cryotherapy chamber and just <laughs> let them get healthy? You know, send them to a spa and then you have a 100% healthy Thunder team against the Warriors in the first round and just, you know, pray to God that you're able to upset them? I, I don't know. I'm really not sure what's, what's best for them at this point, but I think that's at least something to consider. Again, um, that's something I hadn't brought up yet and just had, it's like a thought that I've had in my head, but I want to go ahead and bring it up now. And then something else. Uh, the Thunder almost look like they're playing to like quote-unquote tank and get the Warriors in the first round, right? Like they just don't care and they just like almost want to make a statement like, yeah, we're going to go and we're going to upset the Warriors in the first round. We want the Warriors in the first round. We don't really care. Like that's something else that just is – it's almost – Strange and but also would go around go with like the whole like Westbrook mentality. Um, you know, he's the leader of this team, like, we want the best of the best. We're gonna make a point here in the first round. I don't know, that's something I had listed here. It's probably obviously wrong. Um, but, but it's something that I, I have also thought of. And then wouldn't it just like be the most thunder thing ever to lose out from here regular season and not like literally lose every single game here on out, but only win like another three or four games, two, two, three games, and then take the Warriors to like six or seven game series in the first round and just look great and look like a team that could have beaten almost any other team in the Western Conference um, outside of the Warriors. Like that would just be the most Thunder thing ever or the most Thunder this season team ever. Um, I could totally see that happening as well. And again, like I think this really kind of recaps this whole entire postgame podcast is that the, this team is just really frustrating, particularly right now. And I think Jacob said this to us in our Slack, but he can't remember a Thunder team this bad. And what he meant by that, and what I took that as, and I agree with him, is that you know, for a team that has no big injuries, no real excuses, yet they struggled, they have struggled so much, it's really frustrating. I would argue that this past stretch, post-Ulster break, has been 
um, at times equally frustrating to last season, and at other times, like recently, over the past two to three weeks, have, has been even more frustrating than last season. Because last season, we kind of had a scapegoat, and guess what? His name was Carmelo Anthony. Um, this season, we don't have that scapegoat. There's no scapegoat. And that's kind of why I mentioned some of those people earlier on. Um, the Billy Donovans, the Russell Westbrooks, the Sam Pressies. You, you kind of have to look at the common denominators here. And that's kind of what I'm getting at there. You know, I'm not really sure what else there is to say other than um, to hope that this this most recent loss lights a fire under Russ and Paul George. And them being the leaders, the vocal leaders, the leaders by example of this team, hopefully they are then able to light a fire under the rest of this team. And then we're able to kind of flip the switch and head into the playoffs on a more positive note and have a solid first round. But unfortunately, as of right now, that almost seems like wishful thinking. So obviously, I have this you know 30-minute post, post-game post podcast rant and the Thunder are going to come out the rest of this week um, you know, against the Lakers, against the Pistons, and uh, the, finish off the, the season and just make me look absolutely ridiculous. They are going to... Um, probably win from here on out and you guys are going to, be tweet, going to be tweeting at me and telling me how wrong I was and that just seems inevitable you know what I great if my podcast um, is what sparks that so be it I will accept full responsibility about that but I think it's, it's time to be a little more blunt um, with what's going on with the Thunder the Thunder organization right now instead of just you know pretending that oh this is just a rough stretch you know Thunder are going to win the first round like to be completely honest with you I'm not super excited about the first round I'm, I'm much more excited about the last season of Game of Thrones premiering in, premiering in April than I am the Thunder making any sort of <laughs> splash in April in the playoffs so I had a couple Twitter questions here and I've gone long but there was only a couple and I thought they were good so I'm going to go ahead and, and jump into them really quickly uh, the first of these was at OU updated SB. Uh, he is another contributor, Stephen, uh, to Rough Riders with Kamiar, our guy Kamiar. Uh, super cool dude, really big supporter of ours. He asks, is there anything OKC can do to, be, to prevent a first round exit? And the only thing that I would tell uh, OU updated SB is that <laughs> they should play better to finish out the season. They should win every game from here on out and try to get that sixth seed sixth fifth seed something like that if they're fortunate enough to and i think that would be enough to help them uh, get out of the first round however if they are stuck with a first round matchup of golden state which seems very likely with denver losing again today i'm not very confident about them getting on the first round for being completely honest um and then my other one came from harris underscore keenan keenan's an sec champ so i guess he is a uh, Auburn fan, shout out those Tigers. I had them in the Final Four, and I'm super happy I did. Um, do you think the Thunder can beat anyone if they actually gave a damn for the whole 48 minutes? I still think so, but it's getting tough. And I'm with you, Keenan. I think if you listen to this podcast, if you listen to our previous podcast, you know um, that we know what this team is capable of, and we have seen what they are capable of, but right now they are not doing it. They are obviously not rising um, to their ceiling and said they're hitting their very low four. So thank you guys for sending those in Two really good, good Twitter questions. Um, I think the only thing I have left here, be sure to listen to our, our Perry Jones, the third pod. I know we've really been hyping it, but it seriously was awesome. And I just want to give a quick moment here and, 
and give a shout out to Perry Jones, who was just absolutely incredible. He was super open to it from the very beginning when one of our guys reached out to him asking if he'd be interested in doing this. And then he comes in and essentially it was almost like nobody had reached out to him to ask him his side of the story. Everybody wanted to assume that it was because he wasn't working hard enough. It was because his, his injuries were too big to come back from. And he was finally able to give his side of the story. And he uh, wanted to use our platform, which, you know, uh, the uncontested. He wanted to use that as a platform to kind of get his story out. And he was so genuine, candid. He was so nice. Um, he was just an absolutely awesome dude. And I can't speak highly enough about Paul uh, Perry Jones III and you guys definitely need to check out that podcast because he uh, gave us a lot of awesome content and also some really cool, um, some funny stuff as well. We had a lot of fun with him, and he even mentioned potentially coming back on the podcast at some point. So definitely check that out. Um, it was very refreshing to us because we didn't talk any any about anything about the current state of this season's Thunder team. We just talked to Perry about a bunch of different things. Um, um, so anyways, you guys definitely should check that out. Hopefully it'll be refreshing, as refreshing to you guys as it was to us. It's getting to kind of listen to Perry talk and not focus on this current state of the Thunder team. And uh, you guys, yeah, like I said, check out the Perry Jones pod. Uh, be sure to follow uh, our guy Nick Crane at Crane NBA. He was able to cover the uh, the game. I got a press pass through his new gig with Forbes. He posted some pretty cool stuff. You know, uh, I'm not sure if he'll be able to cover another game this season, uh, but maybe maybe he'll get to cover like a playoff game or something. So uh, be sure to go back and, and see some of the stuff that he posted throughout the game today. Even though it was a loss, uh, Nick had some really cool stuff. I uh, got to see some some behind the scenes looks. And we're really excited to get him back on the podcast, one of these group podcasts here soon. Kind of hear his experience and kind of give you guys a behind the scenes look at what it's like to be uh, in the media and, and press row. Because obviously none of us have gotten to do that and then Nick was able to and he just was blown away. He had an awesome experience. We're super excited for him, super proud of him. Um, that's a very good friend of mine even before the podcast. So I just want to give a shout out to Nick. Be sure to give him a follow as well. Um, so that's all I got. That's all I got, guys. Uh, hang in there. We're going to make it through one way or the other. Thunder up. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game-changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.